Good morning. Good morning. I'm sorry, this is the first time I'm speaking, so you have to say good morning to me too. We said good morning a lot of times. <laughs> so good to see you all this morning. Welcome to Riverside. For many of you, it's the first time that you are here with us. Um, and this is our home. For us, this is a very special place. Uh, during the week, we're busy with different things and we have different problems. So, so many times things are not working out so well in our lives, but on a Sunday morning, it's so good to be together. This is a place that for me, it's where I get hope. It's where I listen to things that give me joy. It's when I see your smile and you see me smiling beneath the mask, obviously. But it's where we, we feel good with each other. And there's a purpose in us coming together. So I really hope that if this is your first time that you are here with us on a Sunday morning, that you will feel the same way. Because that's what we want to feel. We want to feel good with each other because we believe God is in this place. And this morning, I'm just going to share with you something that I believe God put in my heart. And I want to start with a question. Okay? Do you like questions? You like questions? It's a, it's a very easy question. So have you ever felt in your life at some point that God was far, far, far away from you? Have you ever felt that way? If you can just show me your hand. If you ever felt at some point that God was just far away, he wasn't listening to you, that he wasn't doing anything for you. And I think that we all at some point felt this way. Maybe it was at a moment in your life where you felt misunderstood or you felt unloved. Maybe it, it was when you lost a family member, when you lost a close friend of yours. Maybe it's when you were very, very sick at the hospital, maybe. Maybe it was when you lost your job and you were hopeless. And at those times, one thing that we do time and time again is, God... Where are you? God, why are you allowing this to happen in my life? Why can't you do something for me? And maybe this is how you are feeling today, even coming to church. And I wanted us to talk a little bit about this feeling. We're going to read a poem in the Bible. The Bible for Christians is the word of God. And in this mighty word, it has a poem that was written by a man that was a king. His name was David. And he wrote a poem. It's called the Psalm in the Bible that speaks about these feelings, these feelings that we all experience in life. He was going through so many difficulties. And this is how he expressed how he was feeling. So let's read in Psalm chapter 13 and let's read the first three verses. And this is what David is saying to God. He says, Lord, how long must I wait? Will you forget me forever? How long will you turn your face away from me? How long must I struggle with my thoughts? How long must my heart be sad day after day? How long will my enemies keep winning the battle over me? Lord, my God, look at me and answer me. Give me new life or I will die. 
So this is a poem that expresses what many of us feel towards God. God, where are you? Why don't you do something? And you know what? Even Christians many times feel this way. And that is why in this book, the holy book of God, you even have these feelings and these prayers of someone who feels that God is just very far away. And he goes into a point where he feels so miserable, he feels so alone, he feels so sad that he goes at the end and says, Lord, look at me and answer me. It's like, God, he's not even looking at us. God, please look at me. Do something. Otherwise, I'm going to die. And we all have felt the, in the moments in life that if nothing really happens, we feel like it would be better for us to die. That is how sad he is feeling. And maybe this is what you want to say to God this morning. God, where are you? You have to do something. And you know what? Maybe some people will say you cannot speak to God this way. But according to the Bible, you can speak with God that way. Because God can deal with your anxieties and your fears. Whatever it is that you're feeling, God is big. He can deal with this. But you know something else. But we, I have another question for you. Are you ready to hear God's answer to your prayer? Are you ready to hear the answer that God is wanting to give you when you ask him these questions? The thing is, many times we're not ready. But I hope and I pray that we all hear this morning already. And one thing that God is saying to us when we ask him his question is, okay, Mary, Reuben, Cameron, you're asking me where I am, but my question for you is, where are you? And God is asking us this morning, where are you? Where are you, Gabby? Where are you, Pedro? Where are you, Leanne? Because think Think about the person that you love the most in the world. Can, can you think about them? You have a person that you love the most in the whole world? It's just me. Good morning. Good morning. You're here. Do you have someone that you absolutely love in this world? Now, imagine that you would only relate to that person when you needed something from them. Imagine that you would only speak with them when you needed some money, when you needed uh, dinner or a lunch, when there was something that they had to give you in order for you to be okay. Imagine that that's how you treated the person that you loved the most. Is this a good relationship? Is this the way that a relationship is going to develop and become bigger and bigger? That's not even a relationship at all. This is not how we need to relate because this is selfish. But for many people, this is how they describe their relationship with God. That when they're going through a rough time, they say, God, God, please do something for me. But when life is going well, 
They don't even think about God. They completely forget about him. And many people, they want God's help. They want God to do a miracle because he is God. He can do miracles. And he can. Absolutely, he can. But they don't want God in their lives. They just want the miracle. They want what God has to offer, but they don't want God to tell them how they should be living their lives. And I remember clearly one moment in my life where I felt God was asking me, Reuben, where are you? Because I was terribly sad, I felt completely lost. I felt that the answers to my fears and my struggles were in God, but I was just so far away with, from God, I didn't know how to fix this. I didn't know how to fix this gap, this separation that I felt from God. And that's why I'm asking you this morning alongside me, are we just asking for God's help or are we interested in listening to what God is telling us this morning? And if you're interested in listening to God, I have something from the word of God that he wants to tell you this morning. And the first thing is that God is not just interested in your problems. He is interested in you. God is not just interested in problems. He is interested in you. Mike, can you do me a favor? Can you bring me those, two of those chairs, please, here to the front? I'm going to demonstrate to you exactly what does the Bible say about this relationship. Thank you. Can you open them? And one and two. Perfect. Thank you. So let's imagine that this chair is God. Okay, can you let your imagination loose? So this chair is God, and this chair is you and me. When God created us, he created us to be like this, in a close relationship with one another. Nothing is separating us. And you know something, this chair that God created you and me, he created us unique. You know that there is no one in this world that is exactly like you. Have you ever found your twin in life? Maybe you have a twin. It's possible. God is creative, but he allowed people to exist in twins It's in, in triplets. And, and it's a beautiful thing. But even twins, they're not exactly the same. They're two different people, and you are created uniquely by a God that loves you. God made sure that there was no one exactly like you on this earth, because when he shaped you, when he created you, he did it in love. And he loves you that you are unique. He loves you that you are exactly what he created you to be like. And the Bible says time and time again that he loves you. He created you to be a son or a daughter of God. But now, maybe this is the first time that you're hearing that God loves you. Maybe you have heard it in the past, but it doesn't make much sense to you. But let me tell you, the kind of relationship that God wants to have with you is a relationship of true love. It's not made up love. It's not fake love. It's the deepest and the truest love that you can experience in life. But our problem here 
today is not that God loves us, is that our wrong decisions in life separate us from God. Every time we make a wrong decision in life, every time that we want to do things our way and not God's way, we are separating us from the love of God. And that this is how we, many of us feel this morning, that there's a distance between us and God, between us and God's love and God's grace and God's provision, but we are stubborn. And we just want to live life our own way. But we get, always get to a point where we're here and we look at God and we say, God, where are you? God, where are you when I need you? God, where are you when things are, are not working out for me? And we pray and we ask that we need to fix this. God is the answer to my life. He's the answer to my issue. So I need him. And we're going to start trying to fix it. So we, we're going to have to do something. Some of us, well, we think that uh, if I become a better person, if I do my best to do good works, good deeds, that will bring me closer to God, maybe. Or maybe religion and prayers. If I pray, if I'm disciplined, if I read a holy book, if I do something, well, that is going to please God, and that will fix this gap. Maybe I'm just going to work a lot, get all the money in the world that I can get because that will make my life easier and God will bless me and he will be pleased with me. Maybe if I study philosophy or morality, that will fix this gap. But the Bible says that every time that we're trying to fix this gap ourselves and getting closer to God, it doesn't work. We will stumble. We're not capable of fixing this gap. And I know that it can seem very frustrating. I know we want to do something about it. But what the Bible says is that we ourselves, we cannot fix this gap. What the Bible says is that God is the only one that is able to fix this gap, not us. And it takes a humble heart it takes someone that is not prideful to admit, I cannot fix this myself. Because only God can fix this separation. And the Bible says in Romans, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. The Bible says that because God loved you, he didn't want you to spend an eternity away from him. He didn't want you to be alone in life. He didn't want you to be depressed. He didn't want you to live in this separation. The Bible says that God sent Jesus, his son, to come and love you, to die for you and for your sins so that you, because of him you can come closer to God and fix this gap. Fix this relationship with God. And I know that many times we, we feel that, why, but why Jesus? Why is he the only way? If there was any other way, we wouldn't need him at all. We would try with our good works. We would try with our efforts. But the Bible says Jesus is the only one 
He's the only one that can bring us together with God. And one thing that the Bible tells us is that without God, we're alive. We're, but we're not experiencing life. We are awake and we wake up every morning, we go to work and we live the best lives that we try to live. But the Bible says that you are not alive. This, how you are living, is not how God designed you, you and me to live. What God wants is to be close to you in a deep relationship with love because of what Jesus did for us. I'm going to invite Masu to come. And I've asked Masu to explain in his experience what difference did Jesus make in his life? Um, yeah. Um, hello, everyone. Um, so I got to say, um, I'm so shy. When I was a kid, I grew up as a shy person. So there was no way that I stand in front of the crowd right now and I talk in front of so many people. And this is uh, like kind of very new for me. So uh, my story is a story of transport, transformation. Um, so I, uh, my name is Masood. I'm from Iran, for those of you who don't know me. And uh, I, I grew up in a, a most religious city in Iran called Qom, and uh, in a very religious family, in a very religious Shia Muslim family. And all my childhood memory that I remember is uh, just participating in uh, religious activity and uh, um, just going to events. Uh, you know, the, the Muslims, they have so many things. It's not just, uh, uh, yeah, sorry, yeah. It's not just, um, um, just having a religion being Muslim is, is about living it. Like everything you do, everywhere you go, is, is part of your life. It's, you cannot separate it. Uh, you, you pray, you pass, uh, you fast, uh, and uh, you participate in so many activities that they have. Uh, so I grew up in this, uh, in this area, and all my friends, family, they were all very religious. So, um, so generally, uh, this word, when I was growing up, this word, uh, it, it doesn't satisfy me. I was always looking for a way to go to heaven because this word is so short. When you look at it, we're just living for just a few years, and then at the end, we're going to die. So what's the point? So I always was looking for a way to go into heaven. And um, so, um, as uh, I grew up in the Muslim, I, I asked so many questions from Muslim from my family, and uh, I took uh, the religious classes, the Muslim classes at, at the school. Uh, so, uh, whatever I asked, I got the answer. So, I believed in God, uh, I believed in Islam, and I was praying, I was fasting, and uh, um, my father um, was a judge. 
and uh, he was uh, he's he's still working for government for so many for all of his, his years i think he's he's working for government and then um, my mother while my mother was taking care of uh, me and uh, my two sisters at home and so um um yeah so uh, um after finishing a school my mother my father wanted me to to go to religious school to become a mullah that's what he wanted me and uh, but uh, uh my will was something else so uh, i wasn't uh, ready to be so involved with religious issue and so uh, i decided to choose my own way i started working uh, in a car dealer company for like 5 years and then I moved to uh, working in a computer shop. And after a few years, I had my own shops, um, my, my own shop, just one shop. So, um, uh, and when I was uh, 24, my mother planned uh, a trip for all of, uh, for all the family, family members to go to Hajj. Uh, so Hajj is, uh, for those of you who don't know, is a, a trip to, uh, Arabi Saudia, that all the Muslims are commanded to do. Uh, it's, it's a holy place, it's the holiest place uh, for Muslims to go there and uh, to be forgiven by their sins. And so um, when I was 22, when I was 24, my mother and me and my family, we went there uh, for like a month. Uh, so I was in um, Kaaba, uh, uh, in Medina and uh, Mecca which there is a Kaaba, and I was circling around. So during all these times, I was uh, believing in Islam, and uh, I was following, I was praying, but I, I, didn't, I, I didn't feel God's presence in my life. Um, so it feels like, uh, you know, there is something you hear from the others, you search about it, and they say, like, Islam is the last religion, is completed, is perfect of, of the other religion, and uh, you have no opportunity to search or seek other religion in, in, uh, in, in my area. So uh, I don't know if uh, you know or not, in Iran, it's uh, the only religion that we can follow is Islam. We are not allowed to seek or even search. Even we can't actually, there is no resource for us to find any uh, other religion books like Bibles or um, Hinduism or any other things. Uh, so the only thing that we can seek is this and is Islam and any, any question that brought up, they have an answer for it. Um, so um, so I was, I was uh, thinking that this is the correct way to heaven. Um, so after coming back from uh, Hajj, um, I decided to learn more about Islam uh, as I was. So uh, the, um, the Quran is in Arabic, and they teach us at the school Arabic, but I'm still not good at it. I mean, I wasn't good at it before, but uh, I was reading the Quran in the translation. But they always say it's, it's, it's a blessing to read Quran always in Arabic. So all my prayers, all my family prayers, everyone was in Arabic, even though we don't understand it. We're just doing it, 
but uh, we uh, later on I understand those prayers that I was repeating every day, uh, and so ah, okay, so uh, so after coming back from the Hajj, I was uh, uh, wondering, I was uh, decided to read Quran more precisely to get more an idea about it, so I can uh, you know distribute that among the others. But uh, uh, so that brought up so many questions. So, um, so the gap that Ruben just, just was explaining, uh, I was just there. I didn't know that I'm there. And I was uh, trying to ask God to talk to me, to show me the way. But uh, I, did, I didn't got any answer. answer. Uh, so I was just asking, no answer. And I was reading the Quran. And I, I just brought up so many questions. And so uh, I asked uh, this question from my family, from the people who are expert in, in that field. I got no reasonable answer. And so uh, there was one day that I was at shop, uh, as at, at my friend's shop, and there was a, um, a friend of uh, my friend was talking with him in the shop. So we were talking about the religious uh, th things at the shop. And so uh, uh, and they brought up other religion, like they were talking about the Christianity, uh, Buddhism, or uh, Jewism, uh, Jewish people, and so um, we, I was just saying they are all same. So the, I know the story of uh, Jesus is inside the Quran. It's probably the same. They change it in a way. And uh, my friend, actually the friend of my friend, he was like, "You don't even read the Bible. How can you prejudge it?" And I was like, "I know it's it's a story of Jesus. You know, it's born in." Uh, from Mary, and I know all the stories. So I wasn't paying attention to that at the moment. And then I was continuing my life uh, for, for a year or, or, or two years about. And so during this time, uh, those questions that I have from the Islams, they, they made me to lose my faith in Islam. So do, at, during that time, I had no hope. I had uh, nothing to rely on. So. Uh, like I had no nothing to to uh, to make me assurance that I'm going to go to heaven. It's like life it was pointless to me. So uh, so even at that time I was thinking uh, to commit a suicide because why? What is the purpose that I'm going to leave? So um, after that, after a few few months, few days, and. Uh, uh, the, the, the sentence that the friend that told me was just inside my head uh, that I don't know about the, uh, the Bible. I didn't really read it. That's right. Why I prejudge? Maybe that's something different. So I started searching uh, to find the Bible. I couldn't find Bible in my country. It's impossible to find a Bible for those of you who know about my country, even online, even internet. So I planned a trip to go to Turkey. And I went to Turkey for like two months and a half to having a project at a school. And so during that time, I had access to internet to free unfiltered internet so I can search about it. I search about it and uh, to get the idea of Christianity, what's it about. And uh, so um, when I look at it, so, the, uh, so I was thinking that Christian is something like Islam. So we are supposed to do some stuff. We are, uh, there are some commands that I'm supposed to do to be accepted by God. So that's how religion was working for me, the, the, the idea. So I was looking for the command, 
what, what is the command in Bible that I'm supposed to do to be accepted by God? So uh, I searched, and uh, in, in Matthew 22, uh, I found uh, the two greatest commands of the Bible. It says, just love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then the second command, love your neighbor as yourself. And I was like, that's it? That's all I need to do? Seriously? And uh, I was just searching for more stuff. Like, I sh there should be more. There should be something I need to do more than this to be accepted by God. And then when I searched more about the Christianity and the message, then I realized that the scene is, uh, the, uh, the definition of scene is different than the one that we have in Islam. Like, uh, well, I got to tell you, when you come from the Muslim background, it, when you read the Bible from the Muslim perspective, it makes no sense at all. It's like a different issue that is under, it's not uh, understandable because you already have an idea of Jesus. So you're thinking of that story and you want to get something out of it from the Bible. That's not how it works. Uh, you have to put all that away and uh, renew your mind to think from the like beginning, like from Adam and Eve, what happened. And so, yeah, actually, when, that's where the, the scene came to, the, to this world. So, um, uh, yeah, so the, the, the scene in, in Christian message is so, scene is so devastating. There's nothing that I can do to, to be forgiven. Uh, there, is, there is no command. There is nothing that I can do to be righteous uh, in, front of the, uh, in front of the God. So um, I, I read about it, and I um, discovered that the only way is that God saves us. And uh, so I, I read the Christian message. I heard it, and after searching for a few weeks in Turkey, I found the Iranian community, uh, the church. It was inside the church. There were Iranian community. And so I started going to there, and um, at the first Sunday, uh, I had some questions when I arrived there. I had some questions about the Trinity and stuff. I asked people, and uh, they, I got the answer. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, so the, uh, the, the, so the Trinity is a big deal because as a Muslim, I was, I was believing that the God, the Christian, believes in three gods. That is so weird to me. But they, they explain me so. Uh, it's so simple, like, I don't want to go to details, so just, uh, we saying God is almighty. If God is almighty, he can, he can be one being. In Christian, God is one being. He can be one being in three characters. So uh, that's how uh, I realized about this. And then uh, when I was at the service at the uh, Sunday, and uh, just um, after service, I just, uh, just uh, God touched my heart, and uh, I felt his presence during the service. And then at the end of the service, I, I didn't, I, I, I wasn't aware what I'm doing. Like, uh, I was aware, but I see myself in front of the church crying just for forgiveness. And uh, that's how I came to Christ. Christ. And uh, that's... Uh, how he, he started, from that time, he started to transfer my life. And, uh, yeah, it's all about 
us if we want that I wanted to know and he revealed himself to me. If you seek, he will, uh, if you seek, like as Gabby says last Sunday, if you seek him whole, uh, with all your heart, he's going to reveal himself to you. So from that time, he just uh, blessed me from Turkey, and I pray, and then he uh, brought me to here. And uh, I just, uh, it's just a great feeling to have him in my heart, because now I know where I'm, I'm going. Like, there is, a, uh, there is another word after this word. It's, this word is going to end some, someday. So, uh, yeah. Thank you. Amen. And this is the message that we wanted to share with you this morning that is so important to us. Even in this psalm that we just read, at the end of the psalm, there are these two verses that we want to share. In Psalm 13, verses 5 and 6, it ends like this. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. It's not that we are good. It's because God is good. And he is good for you and he is good for me because he has come to rescue us. He has come to rescue us from our loneliness. He has come to rescue us from depression. He has come to rescue for, from uh, un unforgiveness. He has come to rescue you from an eternal life without God. Religion cannot fix your brokenness. Good deeds cannot fix your needs. You will not find what you're looking for by going outside of God. The Bible says that God has sent Jesus to be our Lord, to be our Savior. And every minute that I spend alive on this earth, I want to be close to God. I want to be in this relationship with God. Like this relationship that Masood got in, entered, I have entered and many of you have entered in your life. And it's just that decision of coming to God and saying, God, I know that I cannot save myself, but I believe that you can. I believe that you can save me. And I want to have this salvation that you've offered in your son. Jesus Christ. The only thing that we need to do, again, is just to speak with God. And maybe you're here and you want to enter this relationship with God. The only thing that you need to do is be honest with Him, speak with Him. It can be right now, at this moment, it can be later on when you are in your bedroom at night thinking about what you've heard. But even in that moment, you can tell God, God, I recognize that I need you. That without you, my life doesn't make any sense. I invite you to come and change me, rescue me, save me. And like Masood said, when you open your heart to God and accept Jesus, when you accept God's gift of salvation, you will experience God's love. You will experience God's peace. You will experience the best that God has for your life. And the Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 12 that 
But all who did receive Jesus, all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. If you want to enter this relationship with God and become a child of God, I'll invite you to just, with me, just close your eyes this moment. Let's close our eyes and let's speak with God. And you can speak in your heart with God. You can speak in very low key, but feel free to express something like this. Lord God, I thank you for your love for me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die in my place and to be my Lord and Savior. I recognize that I need you and that I myself cannot fix this separation. Only you can. So this morning, I want to receive you in my life. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. I need you to fix everything in my life that I cannot fix myself. Fill my heart with your love, with your peace, and with your grace. And thank you for loving me. Thank you for not rejecting me. Help me to live my life for you. And teach me how to live for you. I thank you for everything, God. If you have prayed this prayer, or if you have some questions like Masood admitted, he had questions before opening his heart to God. And if you have those questions, you can speak with us at the end. Maybe there are things that we can help you with. Maybe you have already given your life to Jesus, but you're, you feel stuck. You still feel this gap, and you don't know how to fix that. That is why we're church and church is family. We want to help and support one another in following Jesus and following God's will for our lives. So if this is you this morning, I invite you to stay a little longer at the end. We can point you out to someone that will be more than happy to explain things for you. And who knows, maybe even pray for you. Maybe you're going through things that are too big for you to handle. God is powerful enough to be with you. So we want to pray with you at the end. Thank you for spending this time with us this morning. I'll invite you now to stand. We're going to sing a song that says, Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. And the altar simply means the place where God is. The place where God is waiting for you. And the song is saying, whatever it is that is in your heart right now, however you feel at this moment, God is accepting you. God wants to embrace you. God wants to tell you once again that he loves you and he has a purpose for you. And as we sing this in the presence of God, we're going to pray that you will feel the touch of God inside.